This year, Erev Pesach, we have a, an opportunity, a momentous opportunity to perform a mitzvah which evolves or emerges only once every 28 years, the mitzvah of Birchat um, the mitzvah of reciting a bracha of Ose Maase Bereshis. Every time the planets are aligned vis-a-vis the earth, the sun is aligned vis-a-vis the earth exactly as it was when it was created by God. Namely, it was created at the beginning of the fourth day of creation. The fourth day was when God created it. He created it in the beginning, which is effectively the night between Tuesday and Wednesday. Every time um, the sun reaches that stage, the orbital alignment exactly at the beginning of the night between Tuesday and Wednesday, which happens once every 28 years, person recites the bracha of Osim HaSebrashis. A very, very unique mitzvah, a unique opportunity, one which only occurs very few times in a person's lifetime. What are some of the themes or ideas associated with this mitzvah? The person beholds the sun aligned with the earth exactly as it was when HaKadosh Baruch Hu installed the planets in the sky. When a person recites the bracha of what are some of the thoughts and images to associate with that bracha? First and foremost, of course, looking up at the planets, remembering creation, marking creation, reciting a bracha of Ma'aseh Bereshis reminds us that we are to look to nature in general and in some sense to the planets in particular to be exposed to the infinite wisdom, the beauty, the majesty of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that exposure to that infinity, exposure to that wisdom is meant to generate a desire, an interest, a passion for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Rambam in Hilchos Yisodei Atara, Perak Beis, Halacha Aleph, describes Hechi Haderech, Halacha Beis, Hechi Haderech Lihavaso Viraso. How does a person fall in love with a Kodesh Baruch Hu? B'Sha'ah Sh'yitbonein Ha'adam B'Masav Uvruav Hanifla'im HaGedolim. person inspects his world, God's creation, the masterpiece. Yerah Mehem Chachmasa Sh'ein La'erech V'Lokates, and a person senses the infinite majesty, the splendor, the beauty, the logic, the physics, the symmetry, the machinery of God's universe, miyad immediately hu ohev u'mishabeach u'mifayer u'misave ta'av ha'gadola leida Hashem ha'gadol. He desires to know more about God, to fall in love, to study not just HaKadosh Baruch Hu's universe, but to study Hashem himself, Hashem's will, Hashem's Torah. We live in modern contexts in which our exposure to nature, exposure to the universe at large, whether it's the terrestrial sphere or the extraterrestrial sphere, is in many ways limited. At a natural level, we live less in contact with Mother Nature than our ancestors did. We live urbanized lives in residential areas. Not just practically, but existentially. We are less influenced by nature. We are less influenced by our surroundings. If hundreds of years ago a man would look to a sundial or to the sky 
to tell time, to approximate the time of day. Today we look at our wrists. If 200 years ago, to direction, or to direct our travel, to navigate, we check the North Star, today we check or consult with our GPS. We're less impacted, we're less influenced by forces of nature. And finally, a lot of our modern science has demythologized or demystified natural forces, and in particular planets. Sun is no longer an iconic ball of fire dictating human experience, but just a hydrogen or a ball of burning hydrogen gas located X amount of miles, Y times the size of Earth. We've we've demystified planets. They no longer seem fixed in heaven, looming and taunting human experience by their immovable and immutable presence. Saturn's rings are just rings of gas rather than magical rings. So for us, much of our religion, much of our religious experience is based on the Torah we study, prayer, the system of ritual, post-Harsinai experience. But every 28 years we have the opportunity to step back, behold the sun in its original point of origin, seeing it aligned with the earth exactly at the beginning of of the night between Tuesday and Wednesday, and trying to gaze at HaKadosh Baruch Hu's beauty through his creation. In Parshas, in Sefer Yehoshua, when Yehoshua arrests the sun as it makes its march through the sky, its orbit through the sky, Vayomer Leine Yisrael Shemesh Begivon Dom. Shemesh doesn't say Shemesh Begivon Atzor. Shemesh Begivon Dom. There's a music of nature and a music of the planets, which Yehoshua quiets. Dome means to quiet, like Vayidom. Now whether this music refers to the literal music, nature has a literal music, the cry of animals, mating calls, animals communicating with one another, hunting with each other, protecting territory, sound of forests, whether it refers to a metaphoric sound, a metaphoric joy. When the Torah writes about, or when David HaMelech describes the planets as providing Hallel to Hashem, Halleluhu Shemesh Ve'areach, Halleluhu Kol Koch Ve'ar, the sun and the moon, praise God. Does David mean that their orbit, their ceaseless orbit based on the rules of nature, the rules of physics and astronomy, the symmetry, the logic of these laws reflect HaKadosh Baruch Hu and therefore are a sort of praise because we're able to see the beauty of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it's not as if the planets themselves offer praise, but their their machinery is itself praised HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Or do we mean it literally? The planets, as they orbit in space, emit a music. Many ancients believed in this music of spheres. Pythagoras discovered a parallel between nature and music. They could each be reduced into um, arithmetic models. And many believed that the planets, in their movement, in their constant orbit, emitted a type of music which the brutish human ear was incapable of hearing. 
Hallelujah, that they actually praise God, Shemesh Virach, the sun and the moon. Now this was the praise, the orbit of the sun was an actual song, which Yehoshua quieted, Shemesh Begivon Dome. He silenced the song. Either way, nature has a song and a praise, has a message about its author, about its master. In modern times, perhaps we don't trace the steps of Avram discovering God through our universe. We discover God more directly through his revealed word, not only through his masterpieces. But once every 28 years is an opportunity for us to behold the planets, to remind ourselves of that challenge, be able to see Hashem through my Sibracious, through his acts of creation, and through the beauty of his masterpiece. But it's not just an opportunity to gaze at HaKadosh Baruch Hu through his infinite wisdom on display through nature and through planets. We begin davening by reciting an anonymous poem known as Adon Olam. The first stanza of Adon Olam, Adon Olam Asher Malach Biterem Kol Yitzir Nivra Liyes Nasa Bechevzakol We acclaim HaKadosh Baruch Hu's sovereignty, Adon Olam, a sovereign who ruled Asher Malach Biterem Kol Yitzir Nivra before any other creatures were developed. Azay Melach Shemonikra His authority his monarchy was complete. His monarchy was uncontested. And indeed, before any creatures were born, before any creatures entered this world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's sovereignty and authority was in, uh, indisputable. Now clearly, there was one creature which, after created, challenged HaKadosh Baruch Hu's authority, rebelled against God, disobeyed. Of course, the only creature that's capable of disobeying, man. As man was created on that sixth day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's authority was almost immediately challenged. And the challenge to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's authority led to a fall of man, which we have been recovering from for thousands of years. But in truth, there was a different stage during the six days of creation, which imperiled HaKadosh Baruch Hu's complete Malchus, which challenged, or at least potentially challenged, Azai Melech Shimonikra. There was another creature, without freedom of will, but so powerful, so awe-inspiring, so influential in human experience, that it was mistaken for a god. And these creatures are, of course, the planets. The Torah describes the planets, Vayas Elokim as Shneha Meros HaGadolim, Breshis Perak Aleph, Pasek Tezayin, Es HaMaor HaGadol, Lememshelas Hayom, Es HaMaor HaKatan, Lememshelas Halayla, these planets are referred to as Moshel, a very strange phrase to describe a creature. Normally Hashem is referred to as the Moshel, the author, the creator of our universe. Ki Hashem HaMelucha Moshel Bagoyim. And yet, these planets are referred to as a Moshel. Es HaMaor HaGadol, the sun, Lebemshel HaSayom, why are the planets referred to as Moshel? The answer, of course, is that the planets do exert a very strong force, a very strong influence in our lives. The sun, in particular, determines seasons, 
day, the revolution, or the the revolution of the Earth upon its axis around the Sun determines the twenty-four hour cycle of day and light. Planets affect our biorhythm, our schedule. We hop on a plane, we travel to a different time zone, and the planets suggest that it's one time, and we're still trying to live a previous time. We suffer miserably. We try to defy their tyranny, and we end up losing in most cases. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created these planets, and he invested them with great sway in order to provide a stable framework, predictability, seasonal opportunities. And these are agents of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in their influence, in the way that they dictate human experience, which is why the sun is referred to as Shemesh, a Shamash, a servant of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. However, man mistook these bodies, as impressive as they were, the size themselves of the earth which we inhabit, man mistook them for deities, for gods themselves. The first and most popular form of idolatry was planetary worship, which is why the term avodat kochavim umazalot, worshipping stars and, um, and zodiacs, this is actually a, a generic term for avodazara, because this was the first and the most powerful. So many cultures fell prey to sun worship. We're familiar with it most popularly in the Egyptian form, the worship of Osiris and Ra, the sun gods, but it afflicted many many other cultures. We've all seen the pictures, the engravings of the sun chariot, the sun birds engraved on various works of art throughout various, throughout various cultures. The Rambam describes this evolution in Hilchas Avodas Kochavim, Perak Aleph, Alacha Aleph. Initially, he writes, people made the following mistake. People fell into the following error. They reasoned, Amru, they claimed, Hoyel, if God created these stars, and He instructed them to drive the solar system, and He placed them in the heavens, and He afforded them such glory and beauty. And as the Rambam writes, Heim Shamashim Hameshamshim Lefanov, these are actually agents of God, Shemesh, Shamesh. It is only appropriate that we shower them with admiration, with gift, with reverence, with worship. This, after all, would be God's will. That we glorify His servants. It's a sign of respect to Him. It's a sign of love. This practice became prevalent. It's always easier to seize a physical God, tangible and material, or at least an agent of God, rather than worshipping an invisible, inscrutable, unknowable God. The Chivan Sha'archu Hayamim, as time passed, God himself was forgotten. No one was able to identify Hashem. El Yechidim, a few soul individuals here or there, Kagon Chanoch, Metushalach, Noach, Shem, Vaever, Vial Derech Zeha Yehoolam, Holechu Mikdagel, the world was deteriorating religiously. 
Ad Shinolad Amudoshalam Vuavraham Avinu. Until Avram was born, Hitchila Shotet Bidato began to explore Hayatamea and he wondered, how could these planets, how could the sun move in constant orbit, symmetrical, organized, without leader? How could that be me? Iyabshar, that's most impossible for the sun to determine its own orbit. And as the Rambam writes, he had no teacher. He was immersed in the paganism of Orkastin. He actually worshipped with them, Imahem, but his mind was racing and his heart constantly explored until he arrived at the truth, understood it, and began to proselytize that these are just planets. Standing in front of the planets, in their original position, at their original time, is more than just exposing yourself to the majesty to the splendor, to the beauty of God's world. It is a nostalgic return to a pristine or prehistoric moment right before the planets were installed, the moment before mass confusion was introduced into our universe, before these planets were the cause of such human error were installed in our world. It's one of Kaddish Baruch Malchus was absolutely perfect. It was absolutely impeccable. Adon Olam Asher Malach Beterem Kol Yitzir Nivra. Before these creatures, challenged, not by themselves, but their presence, challenged men to discriminate between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and between mere, lifeless, inanimate agents we conclude the ceremony of Birchat HaChama by reciting Aleinu. If we remember that original moment when HaKadosh Baruch Hu's sovereignty reigned supreme, then at the same moment we long for the ultimate, the ultimate restoration of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's undisputed sovereignty. We long and covet for that point of absolute restoration of the divine sovereignty. Pasuk in Yeshaya, Perak Chavdalet, Pasuk Chavkimel describes that future moment. The moon will be covered, the sun will be um, will be suspended. It describes a apocalyptic suspension in an actual sense of these planets, but it also describes these planets perhaps being um, or or the, the Avodazara, the worship of these planets, being debunked by the planets themselves being shown for what they are. We yearn for a world without all that confuses man and distracts him from worshipping HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the world we yearn for as we return during Berchat HaChama to the point of origin, to that one frozen moment before HaKadosh Baruch Hu's authority began to be challenged. So these are two themes associated with Berchat HaChama. Number one, general exposure to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's magnificence and splendor. 
Number two, in particular, not just encountering my Sebracious, but reflecting upon the role of planets in history and the sad confusion and paganism which planets invited. But there's a third element as well. In Tehillim, Parak Kuflam Vav. Leose Orim Gidolim, Ki Leolam Chazdo. Eshashemesh, Lerem Shalas Bayom, Ki Leolam Chazdo. Esharech Vekochavim, Lemem Shalos Balayla, Ki Leolam Chazdo. David Melch describes the great lights, the great planets, the sun, the moon, the stars. These are indications, these are signals of God's infinite chesed, sympathy, kindness. Planets are expressions of God's kindness. The continuation of the parak makes much more sense. God slaughtered the firstborn, provides food and bread and water. What do planets have to do with chesed? The answer is, when Avram discovered God, he didn't just discover God through astronomy, through science, physics, through math, symmetry, machinery, synchronicity. Avram saw a world it wasn't just organized. It wasn't just symmetrical. It wasn't just efficient. Avram noticed a world that was tilted towards the provision of life. That same world could have been organized and systematized towards death and destruction, towards suffering and misery. But it was a world which by and large supported life, provided life. An entire universe tilted towards delicately balanced, towards sustaining life. Avram saw the moral energy of the Rabboni Shalom. He detected not just a universe alive with logic and wisdom, but one with a moral impulse. The Medrash says in Bracious Rabbah, Amar of Yitzchak, it's compared to someone, Avram is compared to someone who traveled from place to place, and the phrase that Yitzchak employs, Vira Bira Achas Dolakas, he didn't just see a universe. He saw a city full of light, illuminated, delicious. He saw that this world wasn't just proceeding along mathematical or physical trajectories, but he saw that it had a purpose to provide for human welfare. He sensed morality. He sensed divine morality, and he was drawn ineluctably towards that moral image, towards that moral force, he tried as best as he could, not just to discover that moral force, but to deliver morality as an agent of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. For him, discovering God, <coughs> meant trying to imitate Hashem. He was an Isha Chesed, because if he wouldn't be, then he could not have also been the Isha Munah. These two hats which Avraham wore were overlapping. He discovered God as a moral being, they wanted to imitate HaKadosh Baruch Hu by delivering chesed, by delivering that same compassion, that same provision of life. Avram sensed the moral energy of our universe, and he traced it back to Hashem. He saw in his world, and he saw in those planets, and he saw in the sun, the great source of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's energy to provide life 
the source of energy, the source of life itself. Avram saw in that sun, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. We recite during Berchat HaChama, the Piyot, the poem, located in Shabbos morning davening, Kel Adon Al Kol HaMaasim, Baruch Hu Mevarach Kol Neshama, Gadlo, Vituvo, Male Olam, God's kindness permeates our world. Tovim mi'aros shebara elokeinu. Planets which God created are kind. They're compassionate. We see the sun and we see those planets in the very same light which Avraham saw them. The very same manner in which Avraham beheld them. It's a beautiful Gemara. In Baba Basra, Dafta Zayin Amud Beis, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai Omer, Even Tova, Isat Tuliyah b'Tzavaroshel Avraham Avinu. Avraham wore a locket or a gem, which miraculously healed all those who were ill. Shakol Chol Leharoyoso Miad Misrape. Some life force in this gem, which miraculously healed others. Ubishalash Niftar Avram Avinu Minholam after Avram passed Tala Kurush Barhu Bekalgalhachama. The Rabbanishlam took that locket and placed it in the sun. This Gemara could be read literally, Akurish Barhu removed that gem from Avram's neck and cast it into the sun, or it could be read not literally, but it could be read figuratively, that Avram and the Sun were partners in providing for human well being. Avram healed miraculously in the sun is the great source of human health. And when Avram passed and supernatural healing was no longer available, the sun carried out its task of providing health and life for humanity. For Avram and the sun, Avram and the sun, whose location we will recite a bracha upon, Avram and the sun were partners, were allies in this process of healing and providing health. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's natural world is a recyclable one. Matter recycles itself. Nature recycles its own matter. Its waste decomposes. Bacteria, fungi, nourish themselves on this waste and restore those nutrients back into the system or else the system would collapse. Somehow man has realized the ark of recycling material, recycling matter. We understand its importance. We could, in theory, recycle much of our matter if we had the finances, the interest, public consciousness. In this respect, we have mimicked God. We have captured the divine wisdom. And we're able to sustain our universe. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu also recycles energy. The sun is a source of renewable energy, constantly burning without evaporating or without dissipating. And this is a challenge which humanity faces as we begin the 207th cycle of Birchat HaChamam, the 207th cycle of 28 years. We realize that though matter is necessary for human life to eat, to use its material, energy is necessary not for human life, but for the enrichment of human life. Heat and light, electricity. We need energy to advance the human condition. But we're now realizing that we can't just burn our energy. 
we have to discover renewable energy, recyclable energy. And who knows, perhaps in 28 years, mankind will have made that great discovery, that divine-like discovery of renewable energy. And the pursuit of renewable energy is not just a scientific race or an economic challenge, but is a moral contest driven by man's desire to improve his world and to preserve it. We are living currently beyond our capacity, financially and environmentally. We've been living in a a financial bubble beyond our legitimate means. We are also living on borrowed time, on, on house money, as it were, environmentally, burning fuels, burning energy to sustain the rapidly advancing human lifestyle. When we look to the sun and we see it as the source of energy, the source of life, it's not just the source of energy and life, but the source of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's renewable energy. We take this as an invitation and a challenge from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to see how quickly, how soon we can create our own form of renewable energy. This is the sun which Avraham beheld, the sun of moral energy, the sun that HaKadosh Baruch Hu employed to deliver life. The sun, which acts morally, not just in delivering energy, but the sun which sets a moral example, sometimes in seeding territory. The Gemara in Shabbos describes a person who is insulted without retaliating, who absorbs personal anger from others Without retorting, Aluvim Veinam Olvim, the Gemara in Shabbos Pechas Samad Beis describes, Shamin Cherpasan Veinam Meshivim, Osim Meava Usmechim Beisurin, Alehena Katov Omer, citing the Pasuk in Shoftim Perakei, the conclusion of Shiras Devara, the Avav, those who love Hashem, Kitseis Hashemesh Bigvura Sao. They are as beautiful, as stunning, as the rising sun. This Gemara, based on the Pasuk in Shoftim, again employs the sun in a moral tone, not just a physical or astronomical sense. The Yolva, those who love Hashem, are likened to the sun. Part of the morality of the sun, the morality on display, is when the sun, sun rises in the morning, and those sunrises are magnificent and allow us to appreciate the beauty of the sun in a manner which we can't appreciate. At high noon, when the sun occupies the strongest moment, the middle of the sky. But a sun rises because it's set the night before. Why does the sun set the night before? Old Avodah Melch describes the importance of the setting sun. Shemesh Yadam Evo'al Tehillim Perat Kufdalid The sun knows its setting pattern. Tashes choshech v'hilayla. Darkness approaches and night falls. Bo'atirmos kolchaisa yar. Now the nocturnal activity of nature begins without a sun. Animals can exit their caves to begin the hunt for food, to begin mating, to begin all sorts of necessary activities which for whatever reason can't be performed during sunlight. Because these animals could be preyed upon by others, because all sorts of natural forces and causes preventing these animals. For them, nighttime is absolutely vital to their lives. Hakfirim shragim lataref. Baby cubs cry out, squeal for food. And plead with God for their food. 
the rich world of nature, of nocturnal nature, leaps into action as night falls, because the sun has set. The sun begins to shine, and these animals must scurry quickly back to their caves. Lest they be caught, lest the bats be captured by the falcon, it must return to its cave. And as the sun rises, man sets his pattern, sets his path to work, until night once again falls. And the cycle repeats itself. Sometimes, by setting, the sun shows its true glory, and we recognize that glory the next day when it rises. This is precisely the moral behavior of the hero of the Gemara and Shabbos Pechas, who allowed himself to be decentralized, who allowed himself to be insulted, who allowed himself to be denigrated, without retaliating, without lashing out, and his behavior is modeled after the sun. And that person can be seen in true beauty, just as the sun can be seen the next day when it rises, when it returns. Tavram didn't just see physics or astronomy, planets or nature. Avram detected the moral force of Rabboni Shalom. He saw the world through moral lenses. And when we look at that sun, we imagine that sun we're reliving not just, or retracing not just Avraham's pursuit of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through his cosmos, but Avraham's moral journey. Tovim mi'aros shebar elokeinu yitzaram bedas bevinu v'haskel. As we say each day in davening, HaMechadesh betuvau Bichol Yom Tamid renews creation every day in his compassion, in his kindness, and Machadesh Bituva who provides life, renewable energy, renewable life. Kamur, what's the greatest example of a Baruch Hu renewing his universe? Arim Gedolim Ki these great luminous planets indicate a Baruch's infinite chesed. The sun is a sign, not just planet. As Malachi writes in Paragimel Pasik Chaf, describing Kodesh Baruch Hu's reward for the Tzadikim, V'zarcha lachem yir'eshmi, I will shine upon you, those who fear my name. Shemesh, Staka, umarpeh, bichnafeha. A son of compassion, charity, of healing, for the wings and rays of the sun. So these are three images associated with the sun. Three images associated with the moment of Osa Masebarishis. Number one, desire to expose yourself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's infinite wisdom and to discover the Rabboni Shalom and to covet to know God better and deeper as Avraham did, at least according to the Rambam. A nostalgic return to that moment before man was confused by nature, was confused by planets, returning to the point of origin before planets were installed, before their orbit began, right as they were inaugurated. And finally, to see in the sun not just a ball of hydrogen gas, but a source of energy, mechadesh betuvo mechol yom